You're listening to the TNT Effect, the Athletes Podcast. This is the podcast where athletes discuss their journey and sports professionals talk about how they support these athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Tierra, and before you listen to today's episode, please be advised that there is some profanity used. Today I have with me former NFL wide receiver Kyle Prater. Hey Kyle, how are you today? How you doing, Tierra? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Before we get into your filmmaking and all the different things that you have going on today, let's talk about your journey as an athlete. When did you get started and what that looked like, your experiences and at the collegiate level as well as the professional level? Um, collegially, so coming out of high school, uh, was the number one wide receiver coming out of, out of high school in Chicago. Um, played at Proviso West, then went off to play at USC. And then I had some some injuries that happened at USC that kind of put me uh, put me down. And, you know, from there, it, it just it trickled down and it kept continuing to happen. And, you know, I, I had to transfer because, you know, some things going on with the coaches. And so I, I left and came back to Chicago and then transferred to Northwestern and then from there, you know, the same things followed me with injuries and, you know, but I was still blessed to be able to get to the NFL and play two years. But, you know, again, the injuries still followed me there too. And so, uh, you know, you take a kid that, you know, went from being the number one player in the nation um, to getting hurt in college and to having that downward, you know, slope, you know, happen of injuries. And I never expected it, but um, it put me in a position to tell the story of all those things that I went through. Um, in a documentary called Shifting Gears, you know, when I retired. Um, and it was God's calling, basically, uh, to go back on my career and look at it and document it and tell it. And now put me in a position to tell stories today uh, with my own company, Chasing Greatness Productions. So it's been like a, a journey, you know, every time I, you know, intro myself, it's, it's really hard to just give a simple just, you know, hey, I'm Kyle and play football. And I had this happen. So I just had a lot happen that made me um, who I am today. You know, I directly reflect my experiences uh, with who I am today. So, yeah. So when the injury started and it kept happening one after the other, what made you continue? Oh, my love for the game. You know, at that time, you know, I wasn't thinking post-career, which, I, which I'm doing now. Then, you know, I've always had drive and, and determination and, and grind in me. You know, I, I grew up with a father that all he did was work. My mother, it was, you know, two-parent home. I saw them work. So I had that instilled in me from an early age. And then, you know, to go through adversity, you know, my father always say, you start something, finish it. And uh, whether it's good or bad, and, you know, for me, it was a lot of bad in the case of injuries, but it, um, my mental was the one thing that was really challenged during those times. And my faith was the one thing that kept me through it, too. So um, it was just this thing of, like, never giving up. Um, one, I knew, for me, I had a name on my back coming out of high school, number one player in the nation. Um, and not that those things matter, but for me, in my head, just knowing that I have something I got to represent my city. You know, I got these things and all this. You know, I had the media pressures on my back, you know, so that stuff motivated me, people talking about me, downing me, and uh, that motivated me. So, um, you know, to this day, that stuff still motivates me, you know, for the next generation to tell these kids that they're going through what I went through, but they don't know how to get through it. And so that's why I talk and about these experiences and make films about it as well. So for your mental stamina or your mental health during that time, were there specific things that you practically applied to help you stay on the right track mentally? Um, you know what? I listened to a lot of motivational speaking. I remember when I uh, came back, transferred, 
I really was trying to turn it over and figure out like, why was I getting hurt? You know, and, and a lot of it was like self-inflicted stuff, overworking and, and, you know, other injuries I was compensating with other things. And so for me, I had to, I got to a dark place. And so only way to get out of dark place is to crawl your way out, you know, fight your way out, you know, cause I wasn't finna stay there. I listened to a lot of Eric Thomas, Les Brown, you know, you know, of course my faith is through the roof and I've always put my faith in God. Um, but he put those resources as far as like, you know, I asked God for help. And then the help was uh, motivational speakers, meeting people, talking to people, having my family and support. Uh, people that still saw that uh, that talent in me because uh, a lot of people didn't see it after the injuries, but I still did, you know. And so for me to pull two years out of the NFL, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, you know, like my version of success is, is different from everybody else. And I think that's what I've learned as of now today is like my success is my success. I ain't worried about the outside and all. You got to be on the red carpet. I will get there eventually. But I'm saying like, you have to do all these things. Like, no, I don't. You know, if I'm happy with just having this small win and I'm, I'm cool. Exactly. You know, Celebrate that, the small wins. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I learned a lot during this, during that time, man, of being down, you know, it's like, I'm glad I went through it, you know, cause it, put me in a place now is I can't break. You ain't gonna break me. I've been broken. <laughs> solid. Rock solid. So how yeah. did you, um your experience with the athletic training staff and, you know, I don't know if you worked with any sports psychologists during that time or sports nutritionists, but anybody, the strength and conditioning staff, what was your relationship with them and how did they help you overcome the numerous injuries that you faced during that time? Man, when we, when we be honest, yes. I didn't, I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't, I didn't have, um, the resources that they say they have is like, they have them, but you'll, you'd be afraid to go talk. Why? You know, because it's something that the, uh, the stigma of talking to someone about a problem, it's like, especially in the black community, get help. Mental health is like, oh, you don't, you go talk to somebody, oh, you crazy, you know, but that's, that's a stigma that we got to break. You know, it's like now, you know, to this day, I still have it. I talk to people as far as like, on the phone and we getting more towards that anyway because of COVID. But um, now I've been more open to talk about some of the problems. Like, you know, if you watch the documentary, you know, I talked about my addiction. I was highly addicted to pain medicine in college starting at USC. And then it trickled over to the uh, Northwestern because the injuries kept following. So I was always having access to what? Pain meds. They'll give it to you like candy. And so uh, you come, you know, with me not playing, my way of coping with pain was take pain medicine because it numbs everything. And you figure out how to use it. Uh, you got teammates to tell you how to use it. Blase, blase. When you're not, you know, you like playing or anything, you going out on it. And so uh, it, was, it was a lot of things, man. But uh, for me, it's just like looking back on it. I'm glad I went through it. But again, it's just for the next generation because these stories that I tell, a lot of stories that people don't tell, they feel trapped, can't talk about it. And so um, again, for me, it's just always having open dialogue. And again. The mental health space is, you know, talking to somebody about it. You know, for me, talking about it was talking through film. I talked through films and art, and that was my form of therapy. At so that time therapy. or now? Maybe now. I mean, now. Then it was my form of therapy was on the field. But it was always my form of therapy. But when you don't have it, I turn to something else. But now that I knew that I couldn't live that life no more, it's like I have to turn to God. And then, you know, he had to strip me a lot of things. But... Um, he was my number one psychologist and he still is, always will be before anybody. And, uh, but yeah, if that answers your question. 
Do you think that if you talked to somebody back then, you would have been able to avoid the addictions that you had at the time? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely would have because, you know, it was frowned upon to talk to somebody. But now it's like I'm open to talk about it because I'm removed from the situation. But going back to the situation real time, you know, it would have been good. It would have been good to talk to somebody about, like, why is the media talking all this shit about me? And I'm like 18, 17. And like, who who plays the game to get hurt? <laughs> like, who who plays the game? No one plays the game to get hurt. Like, I left high school early to come to y'all. I left high school, graduated early to 2,000 miles away. And like my first ever major, major injury came in college. I never got hurt in high school. And it wasn't like I was invincible, but it was like, for me, I, I relate everything back to God. Like, God was like, well, you, you think, you know, you was too big headed, you know, you, you know, you're going, you move going through life and I always had a foundation in God. You know, my family raised me in the church. We ain't perfect, you know, but uh, God's way of making me fall off was like, yeah, man, um, you want to get to the league and play these years? Uh, you thought, you know, but I'm still going to put you in that light, but I need you to cut this on, cut the switch on. Like you, you're great, but I want you to be great in, a, in another space. And which is now, you know, I'm not on the field no more, but I'm still around athletes. I'm shooting commercials with athletes like DK Metcalf, we just shot a commercial with Jamal Adams, Spice Adams, KD. If you would have told me this, asked me if I would be doing this before all the injuries and stuff, I would have told you like, what? Hell no. 12 years in the league or six, giving you something. But that was my, that was me. It was all me. But once you start, you know, living in servitude and, you know, thinking about others and my, what I do, Makes people smile, cry, all that type of stuff. So it's, I think that's, uh, I like that better. So walk us through when you're making those films, walk us through maybe just the, the questionnaires that you may ask the guys, how that process goes and, and what you're looking for when you're selecting the guys to partner with to make the film. Well, as far as the working with athletes and film, um, it's, you know, we've been doing more commercials with the athletes you know, than anything now, you know, the storytelling has been from my perspective and talking about my transition and, you know, but more so the, the athlete connection, you know, one is through relationships too, you know, and then the other is just um, me being from the field. And I think that's the, you know, for me being a film director and a director producer in the space now that can tell stories and dealing with athletes, I know the athlete because I was an athlete. And so, um, just the relatability factor and, you know, to be able to relate to people, no matter whatever level, tier, top, whatever they're on. Have you run into any guys with stories that are similar to yours? Yeah, I have. I have run into guys with similar stories. And especially when I did the Shifting Gears film, um, it I got a lot of DMs and messages about like, man, I was going through that, man. I didn't even know you were going through it. And like making people reveal themselves, you know, and it was like, There'd be times where sometimes if you don't say it, people will never say it or express that they're going through it. But and which, once you pull that heartstring and they're like, oh, shit, he said that. Oh, I can say it now, too. You know, I feel strong now. You know, I feel powerful now. I can talk about it because he is. Because look at him. He ain't. I'm removed from it. It got no power over me. Every time I talk about it, it removes it. You know, talking to you about it removes it. Um, so it's like. A lot of things, the way I got through a lot of stuff, too, was unconventional because I had to, you know, go through a lot of stuff on my own. And that's a lot of things we are afraid of being on our own. 
isolation, um, idle minds. You know, I went to places that like I never thought I'd go mentally, but now it's like it was worth it. Worth it. <laughs> it was worth it because of who you are now. Yeah. What are your biggest rewards now? Peace. That's a good one. It's huge. So how yeah, do you man. find peace? I know um your faith in God. Yeah. Uh, you find peace by getting out your own way and truly uh, letting go and letting God and letting him steer and let him order the steps. Am I perfect? Hell no, I'm not. Um, but I think I have through this year, even just this year, like even before I was on this path of like growing, we all are, but this year was like a, a expedited version of you finna grow or not. It's like God's like, you growing today. You growing this year. <laughs> But like, you have like, a choice. Uh, you ain't got no choice. And you have a but, choice, um, but I strongly advise the growth process. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right, but I strongly advise you to go this way. And so, but um, I think that part right there, just knowing that, like, it's a lot of people that don't even have that that consciousness that God's right there saying, "Well, um, boom, I just sat you down. You either go here or there." But a lot of people just like. Boom, I got God stopped me, but oh, I'm still gonna do my own thing. But it's the reason why he stopped us, like, cause we was doing our own thing too much without him at the helm, without him like being at the forefront. Whew. We can go on and on. <laughs> no, deep. I'm deep, I'm deep, I'm deep, T, I'm deep. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. What are some of the biggest lessons? Um, you talked about a few of them, but what are some of your biggest lessons that you've learned throughout this entire journey? Oh, I'm well. Something I'm still learning, but what I've learned is that um, life. One, there's two things. Life is the number one teacher, you know, for real. And and to just be yourself and not to dim your light. It's like so many times, like before my injuries, I was the light. I mean, I am now. I've always have been, but throughout life, things happen, relationships happen, careers happen, a lot of things happen in your life that like make your confidence shoot down. It, like, it shoots your confidence. Injury shot my confidence. Like, the vibrant, walking to the room, all the, just, when you in the room, you bring joy to people, that, all that, gone. It was like, and so I had to go refine that. And, you know, true happiness for me, too, I'm, I'm talking relationships, too. I'm talking all these things, like, being in relationships that you're not happy. Um, you just, with relationships, to validate you just because she looked good and what your sport is. You post a hat at, that's, you know, so all these things I had to really just like, what is for me, you know, and like being happy. I, I always watch this Bernie Mac scene from House Party and he, and Kid was in there and he was talking to him. He was like, he was like, if people don't knock you for being yourself, come up against the wall with handcuffs on, with crazy glue up on your lips. And like, and like, it's, it's funny, but like, it's so true. And I'm like, man, if people don't like you for being yourself, like truly just F them. Like, it's just like, once you find out your calling and your purpose, you know, you ain't really got the outside noise don't matter. Cause you got a vision, you you know what I'm saying? They, they hating on you and saying those things cause they can't do it. So they gonna find any and everything to kind of like deter you from doing that because they ain't got the strength, the courage, the power to do it. And then like, damn, I can't, you know, and so, I, I had to learn to truly get out of my own way and uh, stop worrying about the world and everybody's opinions because that's that's what I call opinions. They don't whoever de created define the word 
opinions for a reason, you know, to have one. And so do I need to worry about every opinion? No. Absolutely. Do you need to worry about every opinion? No, you don't need to worry about anything. You keep doing what you're doing on your end as well. And I know it, you know, it's starting off and this is just like on some like you stuff. It's about you now. I'm going to put it on you. <laughs> but like you keep doing what you're doing too. You know, like to reach out and and get people on a, on, the, on your show and just keep building that. Just keep shooting those shots, whether they make or miss, you know, because the, 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 um, what's the, the best shot? What's they always say? What's that? The worst shot is the one that ain't shot. Something like that. Yeah, but you get the point, man. Just keep going. Like, for real. Like, for real. So earlier you mentioned, um, you know, having all these different things going on and, you know, your number one pick out of high school and things change. So it sounds like your identity was very much wrapped up into the game. Right. And what was going on in, in the attention what would you tell these younger athletes so they don't fall into that that same pit or that rut? Um, I would tell them one, you know, so parents keep your hands on your kids. Um, of course, they got to grow up. But um, my parents kept their hands on me. But at this, I went two thousand miles away, and so I think for these kids these days, it's so it's so hard, man, because social media is like booming, and they want instant gratification, and social media is like you know, clouding these kids' minds and what the true purpose is behind the sport or why even doing it. And so for me, it's like just getting these kids to understand, like, why you're doing it, why you're playing in the first place, but also know that this NFL stands for not for long. So um, for me, as you saw, I had a whole plan. You know, I thought I was going to play. I was the best player in the nation coming out, and then that didn't happen. So what did I have to fall back on? I got a degree from Northwestern one of the top schools in the country, number one graduation rate, and also have a mind, too. And, like, so I always try to tell the kids, like, I train kids on Sunday as well. It's like, yeah, we train the body. Yeah, we train the movements. But make sure you're training your mind. Once you leave here, study, watch it, visualize, be a student of the game. So, um, but also, too, it's like these kids got so many distractions. So it's like I can go so many places with it. It's like I didn't have these distractions when I was coming out. It was just coming up. Right. So now it's like it's here. It's like you wait, you born, when the moment you born social media now, these the era of kids now. Back in the day when we was coming up, we had to fight and bust our ass, work countless hours training to get in position to be an influencer or somebody that can be on social media. Now you can just do it. And, and then there's ways to get on, which ain't Conventional is unconventional because we get known by doing dumb stuff. So yeah, I'll say this to finish that question: is just kids stay focused, man. Like find somebody a mentor that they, they can latch on to. I'm not telling them get off social media. They're gonna do what they're gonna do, but they need to have balance. There has to be balance amongst all of those things, those tears, because it can overwhelm you and become a distraction, and you lose focus. So what should that balance look like? Uh, balance is like, example, I went to USC and there's, of course, going to college is college. You got to have fun. I'm not going to say, you know, be, you know, you got to live your life, but everybody's different. Um, if you got meetings in the morning, which we always do, make sure you plan that around your classes and certain things like that. Get enough rest, take care of your body, put the right foods in it. Um, nutritionally, you know, if you have a nutritionist at your school, talk to her, being, talk to him or her be in cahoots with them, ask questions. And and yeah, man, just be a student of the, just be a student of the game. Be a student of the game. 
Thank you for tuning in today. And a special thank you to my guest. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button. To learn about the sports performance, rehab, and wellness services provided by Dr. Tierra, please go to www.thetntfect.com. You can also send questions to info at thetntfect.com. And remember, a healthy athlete is a whole athlete.